Hello, my friends, and welcome today to Morning Glory. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. I'm so happy that you are here. Praise God. Let's take our Bibles on this morning's program. We want to study the way of understanding. And I think a good place to begin is in the book of Proverbs, the book of wisdom, Proverbs chapter 21. And we'll start in just a moment, but first, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that your spirit is moving. We thank you that you're doing miracles and great breakthroughs. And so, Father, it is of great importance in this hour, in this moment, that we walk in a very clear understanding. Father, we thank you that any project, any task, any assignment can potentially be great, but it does depend upon the depth of our understanding. So we're asking that we apply your principles so that our understanding can be increased. Let the light be turned on. Father, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. The light of understanding is burning bright today. Now, let's go to Proverbs 21, verse 16. A man who wanders from the way of understanding will rest in the assembly of the dead. So a man who wanders from the way of understanding is going to have difficulties, could even potentially cut his life short. Wow. When you wander from the way of understanding, it's like your faith is dead in the water. Your faith, it's not going to be able to engage without understanding. We're going to talk more about that in just a few minutes. But you know, I was reading a report of a tragedy that recently happened in one of the South Pacific islands where a family got into a small boat and they were going to travel something very normal of traveling from one island to another island. But they happened to travel on a certain day where the wind was getting stronger and stronger. And, you know, they were going out onto the open ocean and the water was very, very deep. The distance was only going to be a few miles, but even still, it's a dangerous thing. And my friends, if you don't have good understanding, you can make some grave mistakes in life. Even if you're a Christian, even a spirit-filled Christian. Now, the man that got into this boat with his family, the man, the father, the husband was a pastor, a spirit-filled pastor. And they got into the boat and got out on the water, uh, so quite some ways out onto the water. And, uh, the engine, uh, the engine just went out and he couldn't fix the engine. And, uh, some, uh, waves came and tipped the boat over and, uh, three of the children were teenagers. So the father and the mother, and they had one very young child, they told the teenagers, uh, their teenage children to swim because there was an island in view a couple of miles away. Well, the, the teenagers began to swim to the island and did eventually reach a deserted island that they got to. Uh, but it wasn't the one that was two miles away. It was actually the, because of the current the current was moving very strongly and it carried them towards an island that was actually seven miles away. So they were a long time in the water, but they, you know, they were young, they're strong and healthy. And so they, they made it to safety, but the mom and the dad and the little bitty one didn't make it. They, they perished in the sea. What is wisdom? Wisdom is doing what God says, but understanding is having a working knowledge of God's word so that we understand why we're doing what we're doing. What is wisdom? Wisdom is, uh, since we're going out on the open ocean in this little boat, let's have a bunch of life preservers on the boat. And by the way, if you're riding in the boat, we all put our life preservers on. Now, understanding comes along and wants to know why. But as you get understanding, and let's say you put your life vest on, 
and you don't like it. you like, this is inconvenient. I, I, I kind of feel restricted in my movement. It's bulky. I don't, I don't like wearing this, but you keep it on because it's the code of the boat. Well, the boat flips over and suddenly the light of understanding begins to shine, which is what? Now you float in the water and you don't sink like a brick. Wow. Because even if you can swim, when you're miles and miles away from land, that's still a very perilous situation. But my friends, wisdom, yes, let's get some life vest in these boats. And everybody that gets into the boat is required to put on the life vest. Even if you're an Olympic swimmer, put on the life vest. Why? Understanding, okay? Understanding. Because if the boat tips over, we won't drown. We can live. Wow. Sounds simple, doesn't it? But my friends, it's incredible. These things, uh, these events and situations that are thrown at us in life. And so we want to walk in wisdom, but in all of our wisdom, we want to get understanding. Now, a man who wanders from the way of understanding will rest in the assembly of the dead. Praise God. Wisdom, doing what God said to do. Remember, Jesus said, the man that hears my words and does them is like the man who built his house on the rock. And Jesus called him a wise man. So wisdom, and there's many definitions of wisdom, but wisdom primarily is doing what God said to do. But understanding is different. It's knowing why you're doing it. And it's also the illumination that gives you a working knowledge of God's word so that you know what it takes for that word to deliver in your life. Wow. One of the most frustrating things is having some scriptures, but you can't, you can't get them to work for you. It's like having a tool <laughs> and you don't know how to use it. Wow. So what do we need? We need instruction. Praise God. We need understanding. I was out on the plumbing field years ago. Kelly's father was a master plumber. He's in heaven now. I had the privilege of leading him to Christ and he received Jesus before he passed on. But he was a master plumber for decades, and he was really, really good. Also, he was in very high demand uh, in Southern California, and he taught my other brother-in-law. And uh, my other brother-in-law went on to have a very successful plumbing business. And uh, you know, I worked with him. We had a lot of fun together. And Kelly's father uh, taught me the things that I learned in the plumbing field. But I remember one day we were out on the field, and so I'm with Bill, Kelly's dad, and he's been doing this for decades, like 35 years master plumber. And then my other brother-in-law, he's really good too. I mean, he's been at this for a long time and we got into a very complex, uh, faucet situation with some of these European faucets with all the gadgets. And, um, they were very, very complex with a multi-jet type system in a bathroom and all kinds of, uh, uh, complex piping going on where you have uh, vacuum pools and uh, you have to prep and set certain things a certain way. And um, it, uh, it got to on one of these faucets where we got stumped. And uh, I just said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to walk over there and I'm going to read the instruction manual. <laughs> they said, oh, no, 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 Stephen, we don't need to do that. And so they kept messing with it and they still couldn't figure it out. By the time they're about ready to give up, I had read the instruction manual through several times and I saw the area that we were missing it. What did that give me? It gave me understanding of how this quirky thing works. And I would never, <laughs> never want something like that in my house. Wow. What a crazy situation, but understanding a working knowledge of God's word so that we know what it takes for that word to deliver, in other words, to activate and work in our life. So it's like the light coming on. So there is an element of illumination, of course, with wisdom, but understanding is really more of where the light is at. Praise God. Now, let's go just for a moment to the book of Romans. Romans chapter 1, verse 17. We know this very well. Uh, again, Paul quoting, uh, and you know, you actually see this phrase multiple times in the word of God, but it's the phrase, the just shall live by faith. In other words, the way that you govern your life and you live your life as a believer 
It's not by luck, chance, or happenstance, but you are a person of principles and you're going to live by faith. You're going to believe a good report. You're going to believe the promises of God and you're going to work his principles. But God is a faith God and it takes faith to please him. But without understanding, here's the thing, your faith just can't ever get any traction. It's not going to be able to engage without understanding. So today let's talk a little bit more about this subject because everything, everything that God has planned and destined for your life is packaged right here in this book that's called the Bible. Mm-mm. And it's your understanding. It's your understanding of it that opens things up to you verse by verse and chapter by chapter. Mm-mm. Praise God. Now, let's go over to Proverbs chapter 4 and take a look for a moment at the famous verse, verse 7. Wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom. And in all you're getting, get understanding, so that you understand why it is that you do what you do. Wow. Uh, one of the great generals of the faith. I was privileged to be in a meeting with him just a few days ago. He had a situation where he had a couple of quiet years in his life. And during that time, the Lord kept bringing up to him the question, why do you do what you do? And one day the Holy Spirit came into his office and picked him up and threw him down all the way to the end of the hallway beneath the table. Now, it didn't hurt him. God's not throwing people around trying to break people or bust his his people up. But he threw him uh, under tremendous power. And when he woke up, he was speaking the words of why he does what he does. And it was the revelation of the Spirit. And it's basically to put another jewel in the crown of Jesus which is another soul saved so that he could receive the, the, re, the reward of what he shed his blood for. It's everything that we do is to win souls. All of the television ministry, which is expensive. We're not just doing it because we don't have anything else to do. Or maybe that seems exciting. Let's do that. No, we only do what we do because of divine call and divine assignment with the purpose, the underlying of purpose, we're doing this to win souls. Praise God. Now, yes, we want to build up God's people and strengthen God's people, but the reality is we are on a planet with 6 billion people that don't know Jesus Christ as their Savior. And if we don't reach them, they will die and perish in their sins and go to the eternal lake of fire. It's a sobering reality. So my friends, that's what understanding is. It turns that light on. And uh, yes, we wa- we must walk in wisdom, but understanding is really the thing that gives this traction to your faith. We're going to talk more about it. I think one of the great examples is in the book of Acts chapter 8. Let's turn over there just for a moment. I'm so glad that you're here today and that you have an interest in the things of God, and that you want to walk in the way of understanding. It blesses me to know that these things are important to you, and that you want your life to count, and that you want to be very effective in uh, your willingness to be a vessel for the Lord's use. Praise God. Again, we're going over to the book of Acts, and uh, this is actually uh, Acts chapter 8. Acts 8. Let's go to verse 26. Now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south along the road which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is desert. So he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all her treasury and had come to Jerusalem to worship. Verse 29, excuse me, verse 29. Then the Spirit said to Philip, go near and overtake this chariot. Now, of course, the average person back in those days would not have a chariot. 
you would have to be uh, like an ambassador or something uh, to do with the kingly executive type role to have a chariot. But he's got one. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah. So this man is, is really in a study. He's, he's reading the scriptures out loud. And uh, notice the question that Philip posed to him. Do you understand what you are reading? Now, that's very important. In your Bible study, it's very important to cover the various books of the Bible. But where the life is at and where the meat and potatoes are at and where really success is at is in the area of the scriptures that you understand and you know how to make them work for you. You could have a toolbox with a hundred tools, but you know, you can do a lot with just three or four tools. You, you could, you could probably just about build a house with uh, three or four tools. It's really an amazing thing. So he asked the question, do you understand what you are reading? And he said, how can I, unless someone guides me? Now, my friends, this is very important. Notice also that here on the part of the uh, Ethiopian executive that we see humility in him. What is hu humility? How would we define humility? Humility is the ability to recognize your limitations. We all have limitations. You can be an executive like him, ride in a chariot and have uh, a lot of wealth and uh, have a very beautiful home and uh, have all of the, the bells and whistles in life. But there's still going to be things that you don't know that somebody else does know. So humility is recognizing that we do have certain limitations and that we need help at times. Praise God. Do you understand what you're reading? And he said, how can I, unless someone guides me? And he asked Philip to come up and sit with him. There's the invitation. Welcome to the chariot. Praise God. And uh, thus they begin to go over a very famous uh, statement found in the book of Isaiah. Verse 34, so the eunuch answered Philip and said, I ask you of whom does the prophet say this of himself or of some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and beginning at this scripture preached Jesus to him. And he preached and explained Jesus from the Old Testament scriptures in such an illuminating way that it convinced the Ethiopian eunuch that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah. Praise God. Mm -mm. Now, as they went down the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, see, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? By the way, for those of you have, who have been saved, you've given your heart to Jesus. Your next step is water baptism. You need to get baptized in water. It's an external sign to others. It's a testimony that your sins have been washed away and that you are now, that you now belong to Jesus. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Then Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. There you go. He's ready to go. Praise the Lord. So my friends, what happened is that Philip was able to open up the scriptures and explain them so that this man could understand them. And also God wants us to walk in understanding. It is your understanding that opens up the scriptures. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. You know, while we want to have a good working knowledge of the Bible, uh, it's so uh, it's so deep and so rich, and there's so much to it that you will find that you have to specialize in certain areas. Praise God. My area would be faith and a close walk with God, but there's other areas that are fascinating. The area of eschatology, the study of end time events, the, the area of creation science, and just dwelling in the book of Genesis and eating that up. It's, it's incredible. It's, I could see how you could have a life calling just on something like that. Praise the Lord. But you will also see that as you have depth, then you'll be able to see the word produce 
more effectively in your life. Praise God. You know, there was a man in church history known as Joseph of Cupertino. He became a very famous saint, not as well known as some of the big names amongst the, the saints, but he still, uh, he had a tremendous walk with the Lord. He lived in 1603 is when he was born and he passed away in 1663. And of course he lived in Italy. But the thing with Joseph of Cupertino, Italy, is that he, he wanted to join the monastery because he wanted to be a man of God. But the problem was is that he just wasn't, uh, they would interview him and talk to him and maybe let him help out around the yard or whatever, but he just wasn't, they said, you're not smart enough. And even if they let him into the kitchen to wash dishes, he would drop the dishes or he would break uh, things or he would knock something over. And they just said, hey, well, this, this is not going to work. But he kept trying and he kept trying and he kept uh, wanting to get in. And eventually they let him in uh, to take care of, of the stables. And so he was the one that took care of the donkey in the stable. And they said, that's all he is capable of ever doing. That is the level he's at and will never exceed that. Well, he was so thrilled just to be in the monastery and to be a monk that uh, he just committed his whole life to the Lord for the glory of God. And uh, he began to get some understanding of some scriptures. And the Lord put it on his heart to move towards priesthood. In other words, become an ordained priest, not just a monk. And so to do that, you have to go through training, several years of training, so that you can take two primary examinations before a review committee. And during the training period, uh, the instructors just gave up on him. They said, you're, you're a hopeless case. One of the men, one of the teachers actually got very upset at him, upset him and said, you know, you're, you're like an idiot. This is impossible. And he, he would respond and just say, my brother, please be patient. Please be patient with me. But um, there was one scripture he knew and on that one scripture, he had studied it and he had, he had developed an understanding of it. And I want to talk in a moment how you can increase in understanding, but he had increased in this one uh, scripture of, uh, to an incredible level. And they said at that time, that was the only verse he could actually memorize. He couldn't memorize any of the verses, but he was so in love with that verse and the more that he increased his understanding of that verse, the more depth he had on that verse. And by the way, let me show you what it was. Uh, that one verse that meant the world to him was John chapter 1, verse 29. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. <laughs> and so that, that any, anything on that verse, he would... Uh, he would just like lose it and go crazy because that was like his life verse. Well, after several years of attempted training and failures on the behalf of the senior monks to try to pre prepare him for you know an examination, uh, he still is going to go before the examination, but they said there's no way in the world he's going to pass. He doesn't know anything at all. <laughs> and so he goes before the examination committee, and there's a whole group of distinguished theologians sitting on the committee board and they're sitting there and they're, they're going to grill everybody that's coming before them with a whole array of theological questions. And you have to be able to answer them all or you're not going to ever get to the second level. So, um, they are, the, the, the men are all sitting in their chairs and Joseph stands before them and the senior man, the senior theologian decides to pose the question to begin, to begin the, uh, the deep, you know, discussion of how much he knows about God's word. And so the man said, well, he said, uh, gentlemen, where should we start at today with this fellow? And the, the senior man said, well, I'm just going to, I'm just going to pick a scripture and see what he, uh, what he would have to say. So that man opened his Bible and randomly picked a scripture and said, okay, this, this looks good. He said, Joseph, we would like for you to comment on us. Begin with us, our, our review of you today. Uh, we would like for you to comment on John 1, verse 29. 
because the man just randomly opened his Bible there and said, oh, this will work. Uh, and when Joseph heard that, he became ecstatic and began to expound upon that verse with such depth and clarity and insights that they had never considered that he, and he just kept going on and on and on and on. And it's like revelation was pouring out like a river. And finally, the senior reviewer just stopped him and said, that's enough. And he looked at the other men and said, this guy must know the entire Bible like the back of his hand. If we just randomly open a, a verse and ask him the quote on that, just a random verse, the, the others that he has studied, or he, this guy probably has the whole Bible memorized, so they, they just passed him. <laughs> they didn't know that was the only verse he knew. <laughs> oh, praise God. Funny side note. Sometime later, it did come time for his second test. Now, if he passed, now, by the way, the, the monks back at the monastery, they were stunned and blown away that he somehow passed the first test. But eventually, test number two rolled around, and this was about 30 of Europe's most brilliant leading young men that were in, uh, you know, uh, the priesthood training. And this was the final examination. And this one was going to be uh, like a doozy. You know, they're going to go through you like a, with a fine tooth comb. And so there's about 30 men, Joseph being one of them. And uh, another big review committee. So one by one, the, the men go before the review committee. The first guy that went before the review committee was so brilliant and was answering the question so well that the whole committee was extremely impressed. So he passes. The second guy comes up. They begin to interview him and ask him all of these questions. And he was so brilliant that he passed. And then the whole review board said, I tell you what, this whole group must be like this. this we've never seen anything like this before. And after two men, they just passed the whole 30 and said, we're going to pass all of you because you're, you're obviously some kind of elite class. <laughs> <laughs> so he made it, Joseph made it into the priesthood. And before it was all said and done, God touched him. God touched him with such understanding of Scripture that the man that once was only capable of feeding and taking care of the donkey now had the best theologians from Rome and from throughout Europe coming to his little tiny monastery to sit down with him and to ask him the questions that the most brilliant minds of Europe could not answer and to solve the different interpretations and to get his take on it. And they would always walk away saying his interpretation is better than anybody else's. Mm -mm. Very, very interesting what understanding can do to you to bring a distinguished element into your life. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You know, um, just a few days ago, I was in Georgia visiting a television studio, and, and, go, and I was going on live with the uh, station host. Uh, so the station owner, uh, she's a very sweet lady. Uh, her and her son-in-law, who's uh, one of the producers there, they were having a discussion, a, a theological discussion uh, maybe, in, maybe honestly, it was a little bit on the border of an argument. <laughs> they had two opposing views. One, you know, the, the lady, she viewed it this way. Uh, the uh, the son-in-law viewed it this way, and they, they were clashing. And she had said, well, I'll tell you one thing. We're going to get the answer on this because somebody is coming in here today who always has the answer. She said, that's Stephen Brooks, and when he comes in, we're going to ask him. <laughs> she told me later that's what she had said. I thought that was kind of funny. But anyhow, um, so I walk in, and they were both kind of going back and forth at each other with their Bibles, you know, and, um, and they said, Stephen, we want you to answer this question. Here's the question, and they presented, she presented her side, he presented his. Who's right? And honestly, I wasn't very interested in the discussion. I didn't think the question was really that exciting. But I said, Kelly, because Kelly was with me, I said, Kelly, why don't you take this one? She said, sure, and she launched into a discussion that answered that question so precisely, it made both of them happy. <laughs> Woo, praise God, amen. Why? Because my wife had understanding on that. She had understanding on that subject, and because of that, she shared that illumination 
And they both could see some things from a different angle. Woo, praise the Lord. So my friends, our spiritual eyes have to be opened. That, in a sense, is what understanding is. Let's go to Psalm 119. I believe understanding is coming to you. Excuse me while I get a drink of hot tea. Psalm 119, verse 18. Open my eyes that I may see wondrous things from your law. Now, David is not asking for an increase in physical eyesight. He's got good eyes, but this is spiritual vision. This is understanding of the things of God. Open my eyes that I may see wonderful or wondrous things from your law. They're in there. The answers, as we say, can be right beneath your nose, but if you don't catch it by revelation, you can miss it. You can miss it. You can miss a revival because you don't catch the revelation that the Holy Spirit is emphasizing in that moment. Mm, 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 mm. Wow. There were some preachers that were sent out from Tulsa, Oklahoma, during the height of the Word of Faith revival back in the mid-80s. They had been requested from a Scandinavian country that some of these ambassadors of this revival would come visit them and bring the flame of revival. Well, they responded by sending two of their best representatives, and these two men went over there, went all the way over to uh, the Scandinavian country, and began to preach and teach and uh, began to flow in the Spirit, and the leaders didn't accept it. And you know what their justification for not receiving the message was? They didn't agree with the nice dress shoes that the two preachers from Tulsa were wearing. They didn't think preachers should wear nice shiny dress shoes like that. So they dismissed the entire message and they missed that entire moving of the spirit. Wow. What's going on? The light's not on. They're not walking in the understanding of the things of God. It's incredible. It's incredible. Luke chapter 24. Luke 24. But my friends, we are enjoying these things. Luke 24, verse 13. Now behold, two of them were traveling that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. So it was while they conversed and reasoned that Jesus himself drew near and went with them, but their eyes were restrained so that they did not know him. So there was a little bit of a, a veiling of the Lord's identity. So they're not quite uh, sure who this mysterious stranger is. Let's go to verse 27. And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he, that would be Jesus, expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Then they drew near to the village where they were going, and he indicated that he would have gone further. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far, is far spent. And he went in to stay with them. And then, of course, they have the breaking of bread together. And verse 32 well, verse 31, then their eyes were opened and they knew him and he vanished from their sight. And they said one to another, did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us? See that talking with them is illuminating of the scriptures. He's explaining to them all, all those, what theologians would call types and shadows or prophetic word pictures back in the old Testament that were painted, that were demonstrated to represent Jesus. And he's expounding on all of that, explaining that to them from Moses through all of the Psalms, through all of the other prophets. Wow. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 45. And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. He opened their understanding. I believe that your understanding is going to open up to a new level, a new way so that you can see these beautiful mysteries unfolded right before you. Praise God. 
Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And when you understand them, your faith now can go to work for you. Praise God. Again, every outstanding accomplishment, it begins with good understanding. Now, let's ask ourselves the question, how do we walk in this realm of understanding? What are are a few things that we can do? I would say that the number one thing is biblical meditation. And an example of this, again, would be Psalm 119. Let's turn back over there. Psalm 119, and this is verse 97. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. You know, I was getting my hair cut some years back by the barber, and the barber was a big football fan. And that's fine. I'm glad he enjoys sports. I think that's nice that he has something that makes him happy. But uh, it was actually, though, his meditation all the day. He could tell you every single NFL team, and he could tell you the entire roster of all the players on every single team. So he's got like a thousand uh, you know, names and numbers and stats and all of this in his mind, and, and he's just meditating on it all time. But the scripture says, Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. You, through your commandments, make me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever the commandments. They are ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the ancients because I keep your precepts. So what is meditation? Meditation is the mental digestive process of the truth to extract the faith nourishment out of the word of God. Praise the Lord. And good understanding comes through meditation. Meditation is slowing down to think, to think it all through. And that's what we need to do with our lives. We need to slow everything down to the speed of accuracy. And when you meditate, that's what you're going to do. And you'll understand why you do the things that you do and what it is that you need to do in order to get God's word to work for you. Praise God. I like the story. I've always liked the story about Isaac who went out on the rock in the evening to meditate. And he sat down on that, on that boulder and he's just meditating. The scripture says he went out to meditate. That's Genesis chapter 24, verse 63. In other words, in the evening, he had an intentional moment or time set aside where he would go out after the day was over and things were winding down where he could just sit and do what? Think things through. Mm -mm. So when you do that, when you meditate, you increase your understanding. And what happens is that you become more successful. Praise God. Success is not an accident. It, it, It can't be. It's not an accident because also success is something that's sustained So if you are winning or losing, meditation brings an understanding of why those events are taking place. In sports, the coach that constantly has a losing year, year after year after year, is a person that does not have understanding in certain areas. But when you meditate, And you sit down and you begin to examine, why are we losing so many games? How are these other teams beating us? And you just can't say, oh, they're better than us. Well, in what way are they better? So what you have to do, which is what winning teams do, is you have to get the videos. And you have to sit down and replay the video over and over the part that play where they beat you at. Okay, how did they do that? What was their position? How did they set that up? How can you keep that from happening next time so that you can fix that so it doesn't 
happen again. So that's what meditation is. And it's, all, it's taking the word and you're, you're dissecting that and ass- digesting it and assimilating it mentally so that you can understand it. What is the part that you need to play? You know, Jesus was out in the middle of nowhere, just about with his disciples. And uh, you have 5,000 men and all their wives and children. And there's no food except for this little bitty boy's fish lunch meal. And so what does Jesus do? He knows how to respond. He knows what is required in order to receive a miracle. So he first thanks God for what he has. And if you want multiplication, you have to praise God and thank God. So he thanks God for the meal. He blesses it. And then the miracle of multiplication begins to take place. But you need to know what is required in order for that word to work for you. And so that, that requires understanding. And as you meditate, you get more and more understanding of the winning ways of God's word. And it will, it will factor into your career field, whatever it is. Uh, if you eat, like I said, if you have a sport team and you want to win and you're tired of losing. Okay. And so there is illumination in that area to heal that, to fix that or something. Maybe, uh, you know, the scriptures, the apostle Paul in first Corinthians, uh, he talked about how no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to man. And I've heard people say in the church, Oh, but Pastor Stephen, you don't understand the temptations I face. My story's different. My, my, my situations are different. They're much more complex and harder. But that's not true. The Bible says no temptation has overtaken you such as is common to man. In other words, we all face these things. So what the person is saying is that they have an uncommon situation, but they don't. They, they have a common situation, but the problem is, is that they have an uncommon ignorance. I'm not saying they're ignorant. By the word ignorance, I'm implying there's something they don't know. And that's why the temptation is hitting them. Maybe even they're yielding to it, or they don't know how to deal with it. It's not because it's an uncommon temptation, because it's not. It's common to everything else people all over the world are facing but they're having, they're having a moment of uncommon ignorance. But my friends, when we meditate on the word, understanding comes and it heals that area so that the light goes on and we can block that out, close that out. And the devil's gig is up. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. It is amazing what the prophet Hosea said. My people, God speaking through the prophet said, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And while we need to pray and, you know, serve the Lord, um, you can pray and serve the Lord, but if you have lack of knowledge, which is lack of understanding, then there can be areas where the enemy can come in and really put some hits on you. So we want to have wisdom, but we also want to have understanding. Woo! Praise God. Mm-mm. And that eliminates any means of the enemy of delivering a destructive note to you. It's not going to hit you. That will not be your portion. That is not your testimony ever. Praise God. Yours is of going from glory to glory, faith to faith, strength to strength, victory to victory. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. So meditation is one of the ways to walk in the realm of understanding. Now, number two would be human guides. And no matter how much you meditate on uh, certain things, there will require those times when a human guide is necessary to lead you forward in the direction that God wants you to go. Again, let's consider Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. That, That man in the chariot just could not understand what he's reading. And maybe he could pray, oh God, show me what this means or whatever the case might be. But even if he did pray that prayer, God answered it, how? Through another human. And so Philip comes up, stands back from a distance, but can hear him uh, reading that scripture. And then 
launches into uh, an opportunity to do what? Bring understanding. So that's one of the great ways that God works right there is through human guides helps. And it could be the person individually talking to you, illuminating you uh, in your understanding one-on-one in a particular area, or a lot of times it could be through a book. And I, I still like books a whole lot. I, I have a lot of digital books, but I still like the real books where I can hold them and mark them and stuff like that. But books to me have been a great asset. And there's there's been a couple places in my life where I felt like I was between a rock and a hard place, and there was no way forward, uh, no way backward, and I, I didn't know what to do. But somebody at that moment would bring a book and give it to me, and that book had the direct solution to the trouble that I was facing. And the next thing I knew, I was out. In a couple of days, I'm out. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. It is powerful what God can do through others to help us in this area of understanding. Look at uh, Daniel chapter 9 just for a moment. Let me flip over there. Daniel chapter 9. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Daniel chapter 9, verse 2, In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by the books the number of the years specified by the word of the Lord through Jeremiah the prophet that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem. So there were books and commentaries concerning what Jeremiah the prophet had said under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And Daniel got those books, and he prayed, but the books primarily are what gave him the understanding of what is about to unfold. Praise God. And he caught that understanding. Woo! Praise God. And the light was on. Oh, my goodness. And I see that happening to you. Let me say that most successful leaders are also notable readers. So you need to have your own personal library. Mm -mm. Praise God. Amen. And number three this morning, how to walk in the realm of understanding would, of course, be the area of prayer. We need to pray. And the type of prayer would be uh, the prayer of supplication. Well, you're asking God, Lord, show me the way out in this situation. Lord, give me understanding. There's something I don't know that I need to know. Lord, reveal it to me. And again, we see another great example in the book of Daniel. Daniel chapter 2. It's a very interesting chapter where the king had a dream. And then he comes out of the, the, the astounding dream, and he wants to know the interpretation, but he's not going to tell anybody what the dream is. And that uh, separated the men from the boys really, really quick. And Daniel uh, says, uh, hey, get a message to the king. I just give me some time. Give me some time. So he got together with uh, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and they all began to pray. And God revealed to Daniel what that dream was. Verse 19, then the secret was revealed to Daniel in a night vision. So Daniel blessed the God of heaven. See, it would seem like there's no way, okay, this one, we're done. We're all going to be executed. The king's in a bad mood, and he has made an impossible request. And you may find yourself in a situation where it seems like, Lord, this is a really tough situation. But you know what? You can pray. God, give me understanding here. What's going on? Lord, show me what's going on. Lord, you know all things. Nothing's a secret to you. And we're told also in the book of James chapter one, that we can ask God for wisdom and he will give wisdom abundantly. So my friends, whether it's wisdom or whether it's understanding to know certain things that are essential for you to know, you can pray and ask God and he will give you the understanding that you need. Praise God. He could send the book your way. He could send a person your way. He could send, in some situations, an angel your way. Praise God. And he also expects us to do our part as much as possible, and we want to meditate as well. Sit down 
Take your time. Think these things through. Take that scripture and ponder it and turn it over and over and look at that situation that you're facing and see how God's word can be applied to that situation through meditation. And God will show you exactly what to do. Praise the Lord. And as we walk in understanding what happens, now we can use our faith because your faith will never go beyond the word. Your faith will never work beyond your understanding of the word either. So you have to understand it. How can you use your faith on it when you don't even know what it's talking about? But when you understand it, now your faith has that grip and that ability now to be exercised and applied. Praise the Lord. Amen. So God's giving new levels of understanding. I had a minister, I had a dinner with him a few weeks back and he sat down and he asked me some really good questions because he's at, he's had some people ask him and he said, pastor Stephen, I don't, I don't really know how to answer some of these questions. Well, first of all, the questions that were originating towards him from other minds were mainly from intellectuals. They were all of a, uh, high minded theological type nature. And uh, there's a lot of things that your mind, uh, without the anointing of the Holy spirit and the illumination of the spirit, you're not going to catch it because there can be a lot of arrogance and pride in the area of humanistic uh, intellectualism. So we thank God we want to use our brains and our minds to the best of our ability, but there are some revelations. They can only come by the Holy Spirit because I've seen some of the most brilliant preachers in the world with uh, PhDs and THDs, Greek scholars, Hebrew scholars, and uh, they'll say they'll say things like, "Well, there's no more miracles today," and uh, you know, uh, all kinds of unusual statements. There's you know, there's God doesn't heal today, and and things like that. And you think, wow, they they have developed their minds uh, brilliantly. But in these other areas, what's going on? They don't have that light of understanding. Well, you also have to be humble. Remember that and recognize there's some things that that we can uh, potentially be unaware of. Wow. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So I talked to this minister friend of mine because he's a Pentecostal man of God. And I said, well, this is what's going on here. And I said, these questions are stemming from uh, the context of stories in the Bible that are all, all, all of these examples are supernatural. So unless they're willing to embrace the supernatural and they're not, then it's going to be a constant mystery to them. And what, what does that mean? It means they can't come into it <laughs> because they don't believe God does that anymore. Wow. Oh my goodness. So my friends, the Lord will bring the light, the illumination of his word. His word will work in your life. You can use your faith on the scriptures that you have working knowledge of. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Lift your hands. Father, I just thank you that your people are increasing their uh, capacity of understanding. It's growing larger and larger. They're going to have a vast scope of understanding to accomplish all that you have assigned them to do. I thank you, Father God, in areas where perhaps they would be limited in understanding, they will bring in specialists in that area who that is their specialty of understanding. And now there's a coupling of strength and understanding and the project or the plan or the vision moves forward. Father, we give you praise. We thank you for the answers that you are providing. We thank you, Father, for good understanding of your ways, of your word, of your will, of what you're doing in this hour, in our lives, in the body of Christ, in the earth. We thank you, Father God. We give you all of the praise. You're moving, and you're mighty, and you're doing miracles, and you're doing signs and wonders, and you're blessing your people. So thank you, Father God. We jump in, and we receive all that you have for us. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Praise the Lord. For those of you that would be watching today, but you don't know Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, today can be your day of salvation. 
You know, don't wait. Don't delay. Receive Christ into your heart today. Give your life over to him fully today and step into the good life that he has for you. Praise God. Amen. Now pray this prayer out loud. Just like the Ethiopian eunuch was reading scripture out loud, pray this prayer out loud. Say, Jesus, I'm a sinner, but you died on the cross to save sinners like me. Jesus, I give my life to you. Come into my heart. Save me now. Jesus, wash me with your precious blood. Wash all of my sins away and write my name in your book of life. Jesus, thank you for saving me. Step into my life and lead me and guide me from this day forward. In your name I pray, amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Glory, glory to God. You know, when you have understanding, even if it's one scripture, I tell you, um, it's like a sword that you can use over and over. It's like a tool that you can fix all kinds of stuff with. In England, Charles Spurgeon walked into the church building one day when it was closed because construction was being done on it. They had done some things with the, uh, with the sound system, and uh, they were trying to make it a, a little better. But anyhow, uh, the building was closed, and all the workers had left. Or so he thought. He actually didn't know there was still one worker inside the building. Anyhow, uh, preacher Charles Spurgeon thought he was by himself, so he walks into the main sanctuary area, goes up to the pulpit, and just wants to test the sound. And so he stands there with a real loud voice, says, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And it sounded really good. Filled the whole auditorium really well. He didn't know it until later, but the one man who was a worker who was staying late actually heard him say that, and when he heard him say that, he repented of his sins right on the spot, got saved and born again on the spot. Now, later he told Spurgeon about that. Powerful, powerful, powerful. So, obviously, Spurgeon loved that verse. Joseph of Cupertino loved it, but I'm telling you, you can take a verse uh, because you have understanding of it and have tremendous results with it because your faith can connect with it and go all in on it. Wow, it's quite powerful. <laughs> so the deeper you go, the more faith you can generate out of that because of the uh, tremendous understanding that you have on it. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Well, let's take Holy Communion today. If you are a Christian, you're born again, and Jesus is your Savior, you can take communion. Let's do that right now. Grab some unleavened bread. I use these little wafers, these little crackers. And grab some grape juice. If you don't have a wafer like this, just grab a little cracker, whatever you've got. If you don't have uh, grape juice, uh, get some apple juice or, uh, you know, Dr. Pepper or whatever you've got until you can get yourself some grape juice. Praise the Lord. But you can use what you have. Praise God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we bless the bread the juice. And through this prayer, we set this apart as being holy. We consecrate it through the, the name of Jesus. And we thank you that this is now the flesh and blood of Jesus. And so father, as we receive the Lord's body, we just thank you, father. We receive understanding of your will, your word, your ways, your plan, Oh, thank you, Father. Your kingdom, your way of doing things. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you. Woo! Everything works so much better when we understand it. Thank you, Father God. Hallelujah. Father, even the, even the TV works better when we understand the remote control. <laughs> Father, thank you for the body of Jesus. We just give you praise for knowing your word. Oh, God, knowing your ways, what's right and what's wrong. We give you praise. We thank you, Father God, for strength and health in our bodies, strong minds, healthy bodies. Thank you, Father, with passion and fire on the inside of us for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's receive the Lord's body.
Heavenly Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus. We thank you for its mighty cleansing and protective power. We thank you, Father, that we forgive anybody who has sinned against us. We forgive them, we bless them, and we go on with you. We thank you, Father, for the blood of Jesus saturating our minds, for the blood of Jesus covering and working its way through our body, that any sickness or disease cannot stay. As we take communion, it is driven out. As we receive the flesh and blood of Jesus, we receive the miracle meal. We receive union with you, O oh God. We thank you, Father, that we are in you and that by your Spirit, you are in us. We thank you, Father. We are your sons and daughters of the Most High God. Father, we now receive the blood of Jesus. Let's partake together. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Thank you for joining me today. Let me remind you again that we have our Israel tour in May of 2023. The dates are the 7th through the 17th. If you would like to go to Israel with my wife and I and others who are coming along, go to my website and click on the Israel tour and take a look at the brochure. Get registered, $300 to register. Get signed up and I will see you in the Holy Land. Hope you have a great week, and I'll see you back again real soon. Bye-bye.